everybody. Welcome to the live stream. I'm here with my good buddy, David Glinky. Welcome. Thank you. And tonight uh, we've got Congressman Bob McEwen. Uh, it, you you got to stick around because there, there is a, a really critical article that came out and they're immediately trying to pull it offline, the censorship. It's, it's unprecedented in our lifetime. Congressman McEwen will speak on that tonight. But I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about this article. I, I've, I've got it here. We'll give you links to it. The, the minute they posted it, and it's from Johns Hopkins University, it was a, a study that was published um, saying Corona is NBD, and we'll explain that momentarily, but they've deleted it, and we have it in its entirety. We'll give you a link to it. It's a fascinating article, mm -hmm. and when you see the data, and they compiled it, we're starting to realize there's a reason why there's no influenza deaths, why there's why they've combined uh, pneumonia and everything else yeah, with the COVID, attacks. heart attacks, yeah. everything. Let me show you some excerpts from the article itself. Uh, this is one of the, the charts. Change in deaths over previous week, week ending uh, 4-11-2020, week ending 4-18-2020, week ending 4-25-2020. You can see heart disease plus 824, and then the next week, it's down. And then the following week, down. Cancers, you go through chronic respiratory, and you just see these fluctuating strange numbers and the total decrease at the bottom um, for each of these categories has dropped precipitously for every single thing. Uh, flu and pneumonia, diabetes, Alzheimer's, chronic respiratory, cancer, heart disease, all of them have decreased. First week down 530, next week down 2540, next week 1605. But look at COVID, plus, plus, plus. So all the other categories are dropping while COVID increases. And then the article goes on, and, and I want to show you the rest of these slides. The article goes on to point out this. This is U.S. deaths per week, causes from week ending 111, 214 to week ending. And it's hard to see this, but the graph depicts the number of deaths per caused during the period in 2020 to 2018. Kind of small in the article itself, you can see it, but let me just show you the gist of the article of what this person points out. When asked whether the public should be informed about this exaggeration in death numbers, Dar Masena stated that people have a right to know the truth. However, COVID-19 should still continuously be treated as a deadly disease to safeguard the vulnerable population. But they go on to say, Brian also noted that 50,000 to 70,000 deaths are seen both before and after COVID-19, indicating that this number of deaths was normal long before COVID-19 emerged. Therefore, according to Brian, not only has COVID-19 had no effect on the percentage of deaths of older people, but it has also not increased the total number of deaths. They also state, in the article, surprisingly, the deaths of older people stayed the same before and after COVID-19. Since COVID-19 mainly affects the elderly, experts expected an increase in the percentage of deaths in older age groups. However, this increase is not seen from the CDC data. In fact, the percentages of death among all age groups remain relatively the same. I think I have, yeah, the reason we have a higher number of reported COVID-19 deaths among older individuals than younger individuals is simply because every day in the U.S., older individuals die in higher numbers than younger individuals. And then the, these data and uh, analysis uh, suggest that in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, 
it has relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. This comes as a shock to many people. How is it that the data lie so far from our perception? Uh, I think that's all I did as far as quotes from the mm -hmm. article. This article is shocking. Yeah. Johns Hopkins and, and now the, the Pravda has come out and they, they have to scramble to shut this thing down. They have to qualify it and then the, you know, Twitter and all these other well, technocrats. It, 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 uh, it verifies what you, when you went to court and there's only two people from COVID yep. as opposed to, so this data is just supporting that, that these are deaths with COVID, with. not from COVID. And, and yeah, but, but, they, but they, have to, they have to calculate the COVID death. And as a result, we have no more heart de disease yeah. deaths. We have no more cancer deaths. We yeah. have no more influenza deaths. And, then, and the number of people dying at older ages is not any different than the previous yeah. years. Yeah. It, it's a scam. <laughs> so, um, I, and, and all along, we've been watching the censorship from the media. We've been watching the terror being in, uh, instigated upon our community and pitting us against one another. And now, that, as I've been saying, they've been using it to destroy our economy, to gain control, to shut down our inalienable rights, and uh, I, I just immediately, the first person I wanted to talk to was Congressman Bob McEwen because great insights, he understands this, he's connected with folks, he knows how to process this data. I love this man. Mm. And so please welcome my dear friend, Congressman Bob McEwen. Hello, <laughs> sir. Great to be with you, both of you. Great, Rob. Did that, now, you, you saw the article, Bob, the, the Johns Hopkins article. You, you, and, and when I had called you, you had already read this. And by the time that I had gotten access to it, by the time people had copied me on it, and then I'm watching on, I mean, right before my very eyes on the Internet, they're pulling it, just bam, 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 and censoring it. And anybody who's trying to post it's getting hammered. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, this is crazy. Now, this is a time that uh, George Orwell wrote about, and we need to be very alert as to what's happening around us at the moment, because um, more people are not dying. So you can't you can't say that there's more people dead. So if you're going to say people are dying from COVID-19, what do you got to do? I mean, you, you, you can count the number of death certificates. You know that there's not an epidemic of death sweeping the nation. So therefore, you have to take them from heart disease and you take them from influenza. And I, like I said, I haven't checked for several weeks, but I remember a couple of months ago, I checked it. And instead of 40 or 50,000 dying from the flu, they had 61 yeah. uh, for the nation. Yeah. So, uh, they, obviously, you've got to, if you're going to keep this scare up and, and uh, you know, it, it, if you try to say that it's a hoax, then they, they go after someone who's actually dying from the disease. And so the, the question is, what's going on? What's going on is the use of fear. Yeah, we've talked before. Uh, how do you how do you confiscate all the guns in Venezuela? Well, I'm coming to protect you. We need to take your guns off the street to keep you safe. And how how do you get Jews in in Germany to wear a yellow star? Well, it's to protect you. The police need to know who you are in case someone attacks you. It's always to protect you. If I'm going to come and shut down the churches, how can I shut down the churches? It's the very first line in the in the First Amendment, the, the, the right to freedom of religion and freedom of assembly. How I've got to do it one way. I'm going to protect you. I'm yeah, going to yeah. do this for your safety. 
I'm going to shut down your churches and separate you from now. And of course, you know what was interesting: the, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, that the the uh, 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 strip parlors could be open. And it reminds me of when the University of California had this fellow walking around. I think it was at Berkeley. He was walking around naked day after day. He was walking around naked. And nobody wanted to sit in the chair at the cafeteria where the naked guy sat <laughs> and on and on. And, and no, nobody had the capacity to use common sense. Uh, as you know, uh, the first chapter of Romans, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And so finally, a group of girls got together and said that it was that it was sexual discrimination for them to have to be have this man flaunting himself in front of them when they were trying to have dinner. And after about five or six weeks, they finally used the sexual di discrimination as an excuse to make him wear clothes. That's where we are uh, just now when you're allowed to have the strip parlors are open because that's freedom of expression. Well, and that's why I, I know a pastor that understood exactly how to, how to put that to use and how to use it to his advantage. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're talking about me. <laughs> Just a little common sense there. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah. If I take off, if I take off a piece of clothing and therefore that's my expression, then there's no prohibition. Yeah. No. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done. You know, I, um, you, you, you defy the governor's order uh, to declare the church non-essential and you have, you have a, a, a Palm Sunday communion service and, uh, and then you defy a judge's order of an emergency temporary restraining order uh, and, and you open your church, no social distancing, no masks, and press covers it a little bit. But for the most part, people don't really care. But I tell you what, on a Sunday, you, you take off your tie to music that is suggestion, su suggestive yeah. of strippers, and you make it on Fox News. I mean, uh, I, I was doing it all wrong, Bob. I, I... <laughs> well, you know, that's what the left is good. The left knows how to, how to catch attention. And if you read in the book, The Rules for Radicals, yeah. Uh, as to how they were going to demonstrate against George Bush for being for being a, a right winger of some sort, and and uh, he, he said, no, I wouldn't do that. What I would do is I would put on a Ku Klux Klan outfit, and I would say we like George Bush because then the TVs will cover it and you'll do all. It. And of course, that's exactly what happened. They know how to do that. Those of us that are busy mowing our lawn, paying our taxes, coaching little league, teaching Sunday school, raising our children, we don't have time for this stuff. But those people that hate our system, hate our churches, hate our country, hate our flag, they have the capacity to go around and play these kinds of games. And we are now at the threshold of where they've controlled to the point that people don't really know what's going on because they've siloed ABC, NBC, CBS, have refused to tell the truth, not just not tell the truth, not tell information that is disadvantageous to their cause. And so with all of these things coming to fruition right at this moment, it's a time for us to be extremely, extremely vigilant. It's time for us to arise up. This is the time, time for, for the, the uh, letters of communication that went among the patriots in the 1770s that said the time has come for us to stand up. Yeah. In, uh, I, I got uh, a little bit of pushback, not much, uh, from, from doing the, the tie thing. Uh, and the music probably set people on edge a little bit. And I was kind of doing the Elvis Presley leg, although I don't know that there was gyrating or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, and, and, and doing this thing. 
And, and bless their heart, there are a number of folks, and, and I would, by their own admission, put them in the older category, that faithfully view the live stream. And, and their respect for what they would call the house of the Lord uh, caused them to be taken aback by it. And, and they would qualify their, their frustration or their dissatisfaction with what I did with an appreciation for what I do. And they're just saying, uh, we, why would you disrespect the house of the Lord? And, you know, I would just refer to them to what, 2 Samuel 6. I mean, David's dancing in his underwear. I didn't do that. I took my tie off. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, not you, King David. You're not no, in the thank Bible. Thank you for not going oh, yeah. down to your underwear. Yeah. Okay, shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, not going to happen. They pay me not to do that. And, and, and yet it's hyperbole. And the hyperbole is pushing against tyranny. And, and yeah. God bless those folks that are concerned about decorum. But we are in a critical moment where forget about the idea that your, your houses of worship are going to be shuttered. I mean, you, you have to push back to the insanity and, and, and the duplicity and the hypocrisy and the tyranny uh, of the left. And, and you have oh. to do it in a, in, a, in a way like that. And, and whether they agree or they disagree, okay, you do your deal and we'll do ours. I don't okay, feel in I, any way I was disrespectful, but that's no. my yeah, opinion. Don't, 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 don't even think about it. I yeah. mean, that, that's, that's the person that would come into the church uh, when, when they're sawing people's arms and legs off at, at the battlefield just not far from where I'm sitting in the, the Manassas battlefield is where they were using the, as a hospital. They say, oh, my goodness, you're dripping blood on the floor. Well, how yeah. can you do that? They have a total misconception as to what's going on. We're involved in a war, and the war is much more important than they're able to grasp. And they do understand the blood dripping on the floor. And that You shouldn't do that in the church, I understand. But in the process of all of us losing everything that we have, that's what the battle is at this moment. So, you know, being in politics, you understand that there is also, you know, well, I think, I think most people would understand what you, were, what you were doing. And it was very, very beneficial because it pointed out clearly that why is it that immediately those judges respond, oh, freedom of expression. Okay, freedom of expression. To, to, to have... To have a person that is engaged in pornography is a freedom of expression. But opening God's word, the foundation for our nation, somehow or another you're going to have to quarantine that. Well, you, you, you put the lie to it, and congratulations. And don't let, yeah. don't let our, yeah. our enemy use anyone to get to you. Well, David knows the numbers. Uh, that Sunday service, as a result of that, and, and it, it was a gospel message presenting the Lord. I mean, we had the previous Sunday well over 100 people profess and stand up and commit their life to Christ. And then a couple weeks ago, we baptized close to 100 people, Bob, a little church like ours. I mean, and we did it just, I was exhausted. I, I baptized all of them and they just kept coming and coming and coming. Um, well, we started, before we started the live stream, we we're at 39,000 views on that Sunday service and now we're at 40,000 views. So, 40,000 views yeah. on that, that Sunday service. Yeah. It, when less than... Five months ago, we had 350 people in the church on a good yeah. Sunday, and now... Well, not only that, the, com the comments of the service are amazing. There's so many people that are coming to Christ, so many people are rededicating, so many people are excited about their faith as a result of that. So it was good. That was a, a, a great... And that's, that's what I want to say. Every reference that I've seen, Rob, the person has said, after you see this, you also will want to listen to the sermon. It was very exactly. good. Now, the people that said that 
are, are people that wouldn't have even known you a few weeks before. And, and yet anybody who sees it, the comments that you read afterwards. So the Lord is, is using, and, and here's, here's the thing, that the degree to which you have an impact for the gospel is the degree to which you re receive opposition. And if you don't think so, ask Paul. If you don't think so, ask Christ. Uh, the fact is that there will be in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. And, and, and the, so what you were doing was wonderful, in my opinion. I uh, appreciate it. Um, I, I wanted to show you two more slides, and I know they'll, they'll put them up and we'll come off screen. But before we put them on the screen and you take a look at them, the, these are off of what we call the Ventura County, the VCEmergency.com. These are our county numbers. And so, as you know, the, the governor has placed us in what I call the perpetual purple zone. And, and uh, that means that we are in the worst category. And, and, and this is where his tyranny comes in, where he has shut down 95% of the state. 95% of Californians have been affected, put in the worst, most critical zone. And after reading the Johns Hopkins article, and when you see these numbers in our county alone, and that he has placed us in the perpetual purple zone, where our businesses have now shuttered. They went out to comply with the governor's order and they built these tents to do dining and now the governor completely shuts them down they're killing 65 percent of the restaurants in our county will never reopen and on sunday as we showed that video of all the shuttered businesses that that's that's a, a small portion we're going to keep doing that and featuring them and 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 when you Good. see this when you see this data uh, i'm going to show you two slides and, and the first one is going to be what the governor calls the categories necessary to get out of the colored zones. And then I'm going to show you how many deaths we've had in the county. So the, the first slide is going to have percentages, and you'll see six boxes. And then I'll go to the second slide. And then I'll, I'll come off the screen, and we'll talk about them. So let's, let's take a look at the first slide if we have time. This is the Blueprint Tier Metrics. And this was Wednesday, November 25th, so there you go. The seven-day average rate per 100,000, so you, you, the case rate. So this is positive tests, not positive cases, positive tests. It's 12.3. And the seven-day PCR testing positivity rate, 5.4%. And then you have the health equity seven-day PCR testing positivity rate, 7.3. Those red numbers are critical and concerning, and that's just because you're seeing positive tests, not positive cases. Now, the concern would be percent of ICU beds currently available, they want a goal of 20%, we're at 16%. Now, those ICU beds could be for a number of different reasons, not pertaining to COVID. And what you look at is the percent of ventilators currently available. We, we have them available, 79%. Change in the three-day average of COVID-19 hospitalized patients. Now, we don't know if that's with or from, if they're dealing with influenza or pneumonia or heart disease, but it's at 13%. Their goal's 10%. But look at this number, the green one. Average daily tests per 100,000 over the past seven days. The goal for the state is 150. Dr. Robert Levin has told every physician in the county to test everyone, even if they're asymptomatic, so we're pushing upwards of 500 tests every day yeah. in our county. 
And we still, we still aren't filling up the hospital beds and the ventilators are still... Now, granted, the positive numbers are going up, but why wouldn't they? But here's the number to look at. Look at the next slide. Uh, the fourth, or excuse me, the fifth box over. It's very small. Fifth box over on the top row. COVID deaths in past 14 days. Now, they've been saying past 14 days for more than 14 days. So that, that number goes way back. Zero. Zero deaths. Zero deaths. Cumulative COVID deaths, tragically, 175. How many of those are from, as opposed to with? After the Johns Hopkins article, and when we testified before the judge with the Freedom of Information Act, a ways back when we had tragically a little over 100 deaths attributed to COVID, only two were from. In a county of 850,000 people, we've tested 260,000 of them. And we've had 2,044 positive tests in the last 14 days, 18,394 positive tests, but we've had no deaths. And, and you can see the numbers below. That death number is just flat. But I have to tell you, if you want to contrast that with the number of young people who have suffered with the number of businesses that have closed, that graph would go through the roof. And, and this, is, this is what we're dealing with. So those are the, the numbers. Let's, let's pull it up for Congressman McEwen. Did you see those? You, you see the, they, they have to do mental gymnastics to justify the tyranny that they're perpetrating on us. And that's indeed what it is. If you look at Garcetti uh, announcing that waiting until just hours before the Thanksgiving weekend to shut everything down. And then they interview the, the, the restaurant owners. We took the, any assets that we have, we cobble them together to buy the turkey and to buy the food and things. And we had enough, we had reservations, we could make it. And he waited until the last minute to shut it down. Now all that food has to spoil. We will never have the opportunity. And he chose three weeks. Why three weeks? Because he's taking into things into Christmas. Let me tell you, they're coming after Christmas next. You can yeah, see they it are. Clear as a bell. This is a war. Yeah. It, you know, I was gonna say our friend Jimmy that does the waypoint, he just ordered a tent. It's $4,300 a month to rent a tent. And now he's yeah. not going to be able to get to use it. You know, so yeah. think of all those businesses that invested, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mold what I need to do to make our business work. Their costs are going up, and then they get shut down in L.A. County from being able to even serve at all. They're back to just to takeout. We're not there in Ventura okay. County yet, but, you know. So here's what we need to do. Anybody that supports this, we should never allow them to be reelected again. Yes. There's nothing in our constitution. There's nothing in our in our city charters. There's nothing anywhere that allows people to arbitrarily, on a whim, decide who can open and at what percentage and who cannot. Uh, Fifty percent of the people now twenty-five. Now you go to ten. Okay, fifty people over here now fifty there. That right. is the definition of tyranny. That's the quantification of tyranny. And no yeah. one should elect a person who wishes to replace the American free enterprise uh, constitutional republic with tyranny. And by yeah. the way, I've said it for years, and this is appropriate time. What was the purpose of the U.S. Constitution? There was only one purpose, only one. It wasn't to be efficient. It's certainly not that. The purpose was to prevent tyranny. That's yeah. what the Constitution prevents. And when you, right. when you violate it, when you say, I'm going to make laws, 
I'm, regardless of what the Constitution says or what the legislature says in Pennsylvania, I'm going to send out thousands of more ballots and I'm going to count them even though I don't know who they belong to. And I'm going to give my electoral votes to this person because that's who I want. That is the definition of tyranny. We yeah. read about our founders. We knew about Patrick Henry. We knew about the people that, that stood up. Well, it's now our time to stand up. And, and the, the, the evidence of what has happened, that we've gone through the election and, and squeaked by and they uh, would allow him to be reelected, we would say, well, this was a bumpy time. No, no, no. These people are dedicated to taking down the system that we have. And yeah. now we can see no more it's going to happen. No more Saturday, Sunday night services when someday we won't be able to preach the gospel in this country unless we, those days are now here. It has now yeah. arrived. It is now our responsibility to stand up. Yeah. You know, the one question I get a lot, and I asked you a, bit, a little bit ahead of time, how did we get to this place? How did all these people infiltrate our CIA, FBI, secretaries of state, election offices, Supreme Court? How, how did, well, I, what I, happened I, last I, I, I can answer that question for him. Please. Have you done any poll watching? No. Yep. Have you participated in a yeah. central committee meeting? Yeah, for we're all party? part of it. Yeah. Have you been to a school board meeting? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's because I told you to. No. <laughs> and now, I donated. See, and this is a good man who's very involved, and that's yeah. still. And that's why everyone who's listening to us today should, when they see somebody do something they approve of, they should support them. Yeah. Because I'm right. telling you, when you're in the state legislature and you take a little bit of a stand, then those organizations, they bombard you with paper and they, they harass you at the grocery store and they, they come at you, they pick at your house. But if you do something right, the other people, I repeat, they're coaching middle league, mowing the lawn, teaching Sunday school. They're not involved. And, and they've been able, a little handful, a little 2%. You know, every male is attracted to a female. How in the world would you be able to sell a different program from that and get it passed into law? That took, that took a lot of effort, a little small percentage of folks. Yeah. There's, there's restaurants in our county that are bravely opening and not requiring masks or social distancing. There, oh, not many, but a few. And, and the others are con considering it. And, and, you know, to David's point, the, the best way for the community to, to respond and to push back is to go and support these businesses and encourage the businesses. Don't, yes. don't yeah. abide by this tyranny because yes. they won't stop until you're shut down. And I, I wanted to show you two slides, and I'm going to qualify them both, and this would be good uh, to, to just comment on. The first one is the slide, and you're going to see it momentarily. The first one is a slide that shows you what the government does not concern themselves with in regards to a chart that, if you were to place it, is going through the roof. And it's, in a sense, it's hyperbole, but they're really good things to ask questions about that nobody in government's doing it. And then the second is one that really burdened me, and I, I, was, I was so saddened by it. Now, I want to qualify it. I know why they did it. They were fellow shepherds in the, in the county and, and sweet brothers in the Lord, and they're peacemakers. But they're trying to appease the county and the state and begging them to uh, allow them to open in some capacity. And they wrote a letter, and I, I want you to see it, Bob, because... I'm not sure how to process it. And we had Matt Staver communicate in relation to it. And uh, he just said, I wish they wouldn't do that. 
legal, legally speaking, he was burdened by what they did. So let me show you the first chart, and then the second one is going to be the letter, and I'll read it, and then we'll take a look at it. But the first one's just kind of funny. This is who's going to flatten these curves? Unemployment, bankruptcy, suicide, starvation, overdose, domestic abuse, child abuse. I can't read the other one because the writing's too small, but depression. Those, those are not calculated by any level of government. And, and quite honestly, I really doubt they care, especially if Gavin Newsom is out having a dinner with 22 of his friends on our dime and laughing at us while he eats at a Michelin three-star restaurant. But here's, here's the troubling one. And, and Bob, I'm going to read it and then we'll come to you. And I, this was put together by pastors in our community uh, uh, begging, uh, basically, the, the supervisors. They said, uh, Board of Supervisors, places of worship may uh, play an essential role in Ventura County, providing hope, encouragement, and guidance in a time of fear, worry, and confusion. Our congregations are actively involved in caring for the needs of the most vulnerable members of our community, providing essential services to homeless individuals, at-risk youth, foster kids, and teens, and low-income families. We believe that places of worship provide essential services that promote, protect, and preserve the holistic well-being of society, including spiritual services to communities across the country. Therefore, we are appealing to the County of Ventura and the state of California to grant places of worship who have safely and responsibly reopened under Red Tier 2 to be able to acquire a waiver to remain open indoors under Purple Tier 1 if they meet the following criteria. One, register their place of worship by completing a reopening attestation form. Two, establish a written and comprehensive COVID-19 prevention plan. Three, receive a site inspection and final approval from code compliance. Uh, Four, have zero traceable cases of community transmission of COVID-19. Five, are committed to maintaining mitigation measures from CDPH and VCPH. This would be in alignment with California Department of Public Health requirements uh, and, and they're, they're basically, it's a, the last paragraph, this would allow places of worship to continue providing essential spiritual services to their members and communities when outdoor operations will prohibit or impossible during the winter times and inclement weather. And the intent of this petition is to work with the county to provide a path forward for faith communities who are hurting, lonely, and discouraged in need of healing, hope, and help respectfully submitted. And that's that's the letter and I, I read it and I understand my fellow shepherd's heart they want all Christians to sign on to this and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking you don't you don't get it guys this is tragic they're they're, they're inviting they're inviting the government and begging them to allow them to exercise their god-given rights in, well, in a, please allow in a, me to use it use this word picture and that is uh, either you talk to the organ grinder or you talk to the monkey. And uh, the, the fact is that we are the organ grinder. The people that work for us are the monkey. Uh, we don't ask them what to do. We tell them what to do. The Constitution empowers the people. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment or preventing the free exercise. Now, that includes every little person deputy assistant health commissioner or deputy assistant deputy to this. Those people do not tell us what to do. That is, we, the people of the United States, 
in order to form a more perfect union. Here's what we do, and this is what we do, number one. Everything else is downstream from that, and they're equally as important as well. The right to bear arms, the freedom of speech, all these things. But even above that, if you've got to put them in sequence, the one that we put in sequence is the right to worship freely and freely assemble. So we don't have to ask the monkey bouncing around here, will you let us? No, 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 no. We're the organ grinder. We're the ones that decide. This government is run by us and not by somebody who has a tin badge somewhere. Uh, they are to enforce, uh, well, it's, it's, how did this happen? It happened because whoever wrote those letters respectfully doesn't understand the system of government. And how did we get to this place? Because we, I made reference to Saul Alinsky. Saul Alinsky would get a handful of people. What did Barack Obama do? Here's a good question for you. What did Barack Obama do for a living before he, in the year 2000, went to the Democrat convention and according to his own words, he slept in his car. Community organizer. In 2004, he gave the keynote address and in 2008, he was the nominee. Now, how did this man who eight years before was sleeping in his car, what did he do? He got five and six and eight people in the basement of some building or church somewhere and he explained to them, do you understand how vulnerable this system is? If the eight of us show up at the city council meeting, if the eight of us go to the school board, we can tell them what to do. You know what? They'll do it. And then you take two, two of your friends with you. And now you've filled up all the seating places at the city council meeting. Now, if we do that, we can. And he organized a community organizer and together then appointed people to all these other agencies of, of government to the point that our nation is about to be stolen out from under us in, in, in the process. Unless historically it may have already been done unless you and I can turn it back, it is in the process of being taken. That a yeah. person who thinks he's mayor of, of, of Los Angeles can sit down with a cup of tea and a friend and say, how about we take 300,000 businesses and just put them out of business next week? Okay, fine, do it. There's nothing that gives him that authority. And for these ministers of the gospel to submit to that is in complete anathema to what our founding pastors did. Yeah. I, I would I would implore, beg my fellow shepherds, this this is not the course of action. This this is adversely affecting our community. I know your heart. You want to be peaceable, you want to be kind. But but this is not the way to do it. You don't bow down to tyranny and allow the the citizens of our community, our neighbors, to be devastated. And, and, and to yield to this, we grind the organ. They're the monkey. And you don't understand the form of government. And, and, and to invoke Romans 13 to submit to positions of authority that are appointed by God, the joy of a constitutional republic and the, tra and, and the understanding of Romans 13 in a constitutional republic, the authority in that passage is we the people. And the monkey... The monkey who is dining at the French Laundry, that monkey is constrained by the Constitution that Congressman McEwen has pointed out, and that, that the constraints of that Constitution are there so that they do not infringe on these inalienable rights given by God. And the ones to proclaim those inalienable rights are the pulpits, because they gave us the First Amendment that we would be the voice not the ones that would bow to tyranny, but would stand in defiance to it.
So I, I, I can't sign on, nor will I have the congregants. They're welcome to do as they please. That, that's, the, that's the freedom. But from this program and from my mouth, I am not supporting that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. Would you want to add? Not us who, now when. Yeah. This, this yeah. is the test. When somebody who has no more authority that is a stock clerk, uh, which I did for seven years and I respect it, for him to come up and tell me what I'm to wear and when, under what circumstances. Uh, I, if, if you believe in global warming, that there's too much carbon in the air and we're all going to die, then I'm not going to put something over my mouth and suck it back into my nostrils because you think, because you're afraid. And my freedom does not end where your fear begins. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're afraid of COVID, wear a mask. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but what about your neighbors? Yeah, we're, we're contending for our neighbors. Exactly. And, and we've gone through the numbers, all the people being affected. You saw the skyrocketing, uh, you know, hyperbole of the graph of all the things that these elected officials are not concerning themselves with. And they talk about the science. This, this is classic, Bob. Yes. The science. Yes. Where's the yeah. science? Where's the, the science, science in, in closing at 10 p.m. and opening at 5 a.m.? Yeah, Where's the science exactly. in that? Well, you know, the other thing to this, we have a lot of great churches and a lot of great pastors in the area, but they are businesses that have revenue. So where does the churches go if they don't take a stand? They're just like a business that doesn't take a stand. You're either going to go out of business because you were allowed to shut down or were forced to shut down, or you take a stand and the, the businesses that we've been seeing that have taken a stand, they've got increase in incredibly rewarded for doing that so what happens to a church five six seven months from now do they go out of business or what is what does that look like going forward or do we historically look back to the same situation in the 1930s and say how could this strange little man with his little mustache how could he get a delightful talented capable society to bend to his will well he did it by using fear yeah. He pointed out, you need to fear those people. You need to fear those people. And, and for, for those that are bound by fear, there's no way that we can comport ourselves by giving up our liberty and destroying our nation in order to do away with their fear. And that's, the, that's the dilemma. And the answer to it is found spiritually. That's why Satan is smart enough to know that when, when Lenin takes office or when Stalin moves into the Ukraine and and what these other, when the first thing they do is they close down the churches. It's essential to do away with the spiritual enlightenment and make them dependent upon them physically. And that's what, in this spiritual battle, that's where we are at this moment. And for, for fear is the opposite. The further we move from Christ, the more we're bound by fear. What, what was, I don't know if you recall this, but what was the percentage of the population of Germany that were Nazis um, in the 30s. It was single digits. Yeah, I think it was like 8%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they took over the whole country, and then 50 million-plus people died as a result of Hitler. And he rose to power by deception and censorship. And We've talked about it before. All the things that we're seeing right now, quite frankly. when, When people did not know uh, the truth about uh, Mr. Biden. Uh, we found out that the head of the FBI is the one that negotiated the deal with Hunter uh, some nine years ago. And so that laptop that had the information on there 
when that was revealed to the to the FBI, he then put it in a drawer and didn't proceed with it. We, we begin to see the corruption that's taking place, and, and, and sunlight overcomes that. Therefore, we need more and more information, and we need to have more and more fellowship, and, and because this is truly, this is a time of crisis. This is not a fear that what might come upon America. It is fear. Yeah. And, and look at the number of young people that, that, that uh, die. There are far more auto accidents or crossing the street or bicycles or anything else than die from COVID. And yet every school, every school virtually in California is closed. Now, where does anyone get the authority to do such a thing? Yeah. We've had more, more young people die of suicide than of COVID in California, probably yeah. across the oh, country. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you talk about decline in life expectancy. I'm sorry. I was going to tag on to your question is, what is it? It's three and a half percent to be able to start making the turn. In other words, get three and a half percent of the restaurants to open. And that's when you talk about the single digits. Of three and a half percent of people create a movement to, yeah. to turn the tide. Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that the statistic, Bob? Do you know? But that and, and then uh, that and then the highest I've ever heard was six percent. And, and, but so when you think the number of people that are storming around down street, downtown Seattle or, or Portland, uh, you, you, could, you know, there, there's more in any given church, uh, a decent sized church than are actually demonstrating there. And yet when we succumb to it, which is a lack of leadership, which is what we're just reading and discussing here, all of us is time for us to take a stand for Christ, which means a stand for righteousness, which means a stand with our nation for freedom. And, yeah. and these folks want to take away our life and our liberty. And uh, this is this is a time that that uh, we didn't choose, but it's here, and now it's our time to stand boldly. So, well, for the sake of time, I, I wanted to share with you that uh, Matt Staver had pointed out the the two strongest cases from his estimation as an attorney, and he's argued before the U.S. Supreme Court and won. Uh, former dean of uh, Liberty University Law School, and he was uh, also head of Liberty Council. Mm -hmm. uh, he pointed out, he said, in Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the, the state Supreme Court overrode the legislative law. And, they, and so that's a strong case right there. And Justice Alito sees it. And so that's probably going to be litigated, even though uh, Mayor Giuliani and Jenna Ellis have put together uh, their, their evidence. And of course, they sat before a portion of the state legislature that was censored and shut down. But that's getting traction, and he, he seems to think that's a very promising case. And then in Georgia with Sidney Powell, um, the only thing they could focus on were the typos, which are very common, I imagine, in many of these. But um, she's, really, she's really gone to great lengths to put together a pretty strong case in Georgia. So those two, this thing's not over. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, and it will end up in the courts. What, what's your take on it? Well, I, I agree with you that there's been an overwhelming uh, support for the president. I do believe that he was supported in a landslide. And the, the model was what has, took place in California some years ago. And that is that we will mail out live ballots to empty fields and elsewhere. Then we'll have this thing called harvesting. And unlike every place else where you had to have a relationship, you had to be the granddaughter, of, or you, at least you had to put on there why you are bringing this person's ballot to the ballot box. Uh, California did away with that, developed a thing called harvesting. You just go out and bring them in by the hundreds, dump them there. They are, where'd you get these? None of your business, don't ask. And so that's why California has gone into the tailspin in which it currently finds itself. That model is the model that they wanted to do for the entire country. So when Nancy Pelosi became speaker last January, it seems a lot longer than that, but nevertheless, 
H.R. 1 was passed, which took that California model for the entire nation. And fortunately, they couldn't get it through the Senate. Besides, Donald Trump wouldn't have signed it. But that was their goal. So then they systematically went through, and with the help of 2018, turning the Secretary of State and the Governor in Michigan, the Secretary of State and the Governor in Wisconsin, the Secretary of State and Governor in Pennsylvania, the places where they knew that it was critical. And then they went to Georgia, and they got a Secretary of State there who was so weak that when Stacey Adams went to him and says, you need to make a deal with us. And Stacey Abrams, what you need to do is to sign an agreement that in you have no legal authority to do this. But what I want you to do is just mail these ballots out anywhere in the country. And so then once he agreed to do that and they had the, the Abrams-Reffenberger agreement, then immediately you heard Georgia's in play. Georgia's in play. Trump might not carry mm-hmm. Georgia. Well, you think, well, why, why are you saying that? Why not Alabama? Why not? Why would you not say about Florida? Well, because they didn't have the Secretary of State in Florida. And they didn't have the governor in Florida and these other places. But they knew that they were going to steal in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. And they were hopeful that they could also pick up Georgia in the process. And they have. So that's what we're, we're facing. Your, your statement was the Constitution of the United States says that the electors who choose the president of the United States shall be chosen from each state in accordance with that deemed by the legislature. It doesn't say the secretary of state or the governor or the attorney general or anybody else walking down the street. It says the legislature. And so what the governor and the uh, secretary of state in Pennsylvania came up with this scheme, that the California scheme that we've already discussed, and uh, they, they, there was a, a contest from citizens. They took it to the Democrat Supreme Court. They said, we don't care about the Constitution. Do it anyway. Now, that's where they then appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court only had eight members. And so uh, four of them voted according to the Constitution, and four of them voted for the Democrat idea. And uh, one of the ones that, that did it was Chief Justice Roberts. So now the final point is this. That same question is now being appealed. We knew it was going to happen. And when they didn't act, as it could have all been prevented if Mr. Roberts had read the Constitution, but he chose not to. And so now that same question, this time later, with so much more emphasis on it, is now going to go to the Supreme Court. And here's the issue. They, they will then have to decide whether or not they want to consider it. And do not be surprised if they choose not to, because they do not have to. There are three separate branches of government, and the Supreme Court, for a long time, when it sees something very, very complicated, they say, we don't wish to discuss this. And so that's how you've got a civil war uh, that some 60, 80 years after the country was born, because the Supreme Court, for most of the time, wouldn't address it directly. And there have been other examples of like that. And so our prayer and emphasis will be that they will consider it and that they will then read the Constitution in the process. That remains to be seen. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be constantly in prayer. I mean, this is a critical juncture in the history of our nation, probably the most critical in our lifetime, if not completely. Right. I mean, we really, this is, this is a crisis of, of magnitudinal proportion. Um, now, granted, there's, there's not massive bloodshed. It's not like the Civil War. It's not like the Revolutionary War. But for a fundamental, absolute transformation of our country from a constitutional republic into just another oligarchy, um, th- this is where we are. And, it, and, and it's probably one of the greatest crises in the history of the nation. Would you... Do you I think agree. That's, okay. 
Absolutely. There's no way it can be over overstated. Uh, what is happening is a coup. There is an actual coup taking place, and it's coordinated by the media to keep people misinformed about the coup, which is what you do when you take over a country. You immediately go after the radio stations and the TV stations to begin to tell your side of the story. That has already been taking place. That is taking place primarily from San Francisco, so the communications. And you notice that, that uh, Mr. Biden can barely speak. He hardly ever talks. But he did, in a reference to a question the other day, and it, maybe he said 20 sentences all told, but two or three of them were that he didn't think that Donald Trump uh, should be able to say what he's saying. And within the hour, within the hour, Facebook and, and Twitter shut down his account, then opened it up with, with all these various caveats, you can't believe this thing, and then, and then also uh, remove certain ones. So what we are seeing is exactly what Goebbels did uh, under, under the 1930s, under the leadership of Adolf Hitler. We're seeing that same sort of activity taking place here. And then, of course, with the losing of our freedoms is, uh, for, you're not overstating it to say that, that uh, we're in, our, it's a civil war against the principles that made America work. They're in the process of transforming those. And if they're able to do what, they, what they're doing, they, they, the same model as what they did to steal in, uh, in Nevada, in which they were so they had to do it so rapidly. The governor there said, "Let's let's play this game. Let's see if we can get away with it." And so they started voting all these people that no longer live in, in Nevada. And so what we're seeing is an absolute direct theft for the purpose of having a coup to the greatest government in the history of mankind. Yeah, yeah. we have. Um, yeah, it, it it it's one of those things that's just very frightening to me. And um, you know, I, so what's I, the I, I, I'm the sorry? option, Rob, yeah. let, let me just say that, okay, now, finally, uh, David was asked the question, how did we get here? We got here by sleeping for 30 years. Now, finally, people are waking up. That is a good thing. And uh, it, 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 this, it, I hope and pray that this is God's plan. This is his way to say that, that uh, never again will a board hire a pastor that says, I'll only preach on the days that the assistant health commissioner allows me to. Uh, yeah. They'll say, are you going to preach the word of God and according to the freedom of our nation? Or are you going to wait for permission from some school administrator somewhere? Uh, so the idea that people are now finally beginning to wake up, begin to see what you and I saw. We know what happened in California. We know how a nation, how a state of California with a gross domestic product larger than France. And France has an army. It has a navy. It has embassies all over the world. And, and California doesn't have any of those things. It ought to be rolling in money. And yet, if you look at the signs over the highways, they're more faded and worn out than virtually any other state in the union. They can't even do the basics. Why? How did they get in that condition? They got in that condition by doing this harvesting that you and I have been talking about and nobody cared about. Well, yeah. now suddenly people are beginning to wake up and say, what? That's how you're taking over Georgia. That's how you're doing these things. And if in this process... Finally, this could be a glorious, glorious victory for the American people and for our nation. I pray that to be true. And, and we're, we're going to continue to contend. Um, the, the censorship is, is unprecedented. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking especially um, watching as they immediately take things down. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. And, and, and they, they talk about the science, but yet the minute you have someone who speaks the science, they remove them. Exactly. Um, yeah. it, it is, it's strange times, to be sure. 
Well, I, the, the comfort and the encouragement, it's really worth fighting for. And all of us can't lose heart. And I, I would say this last thing, when, especially when David asked, what, how did we get here and then what can we do? I was, I was taken aback as I was watching the hearings uh, with the Pennsylvania legislature. Now, granted, they've already taken that one legislator's Twitter account down and they've completely censored him because he moved them uh, and he, he had amazing things to say. But as the folks are testifying and they've given their affidavits, you have uh, just average Joe who, who spent eight to ten hours in a precinct watching, who's busy but is a, a citizen who took time out of his schedule to do that. He is now a pivotal, critical component in the survival of the republic because he witnessed and is testifying and he's being threatened. But these are men and women who are, who are doing something and standing in the gap. And I would say that for all Americans, wherever you are, in that sphere of influence, stand in defiance. Fair enough? Absolutely. Absolutely. We were called for this. Yeah. Well, you bless me, and uh, I, we, we love you and Liz, and we're grateful for you. And I, I said this last time. I'm going to say it every time. Please come out yeah. and speak <laughs> to our church. They well, love you. They miss you. And you and Liz need to come. And so I just, feel the same way. And, and, Rob, let me just say that you, by especially last week, first of all, you started the Avalanche in California. But by your action and then the Lord blessing it, by giving it such wide dispersion, you have given inspiration and encouragement to just thousands and thousands of pastors. And for those that believe in the, and support the cause of Christ, we say thank you. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Bob. Bless you guys. <laughs> and we, we love you. And, and um, I, I, get ready because next week you're going to be back on because it's McEwen Monday. So get ready. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah. God bless you. All the best. Bye-bye. I love that man. Yeah. Amazing knowledge. Yeah. Yep. So, folks, uh, some great insights from Congressman McEwen. You, you, you saw the report from Johns Hopkins. You, you see the VC emergency data. Uh, you, you've heard the updates from Matt Staver in regards to Pennsylvania and also with Georgia. This isn't over. We need to remain engaged. You're, you're looking at the theft. You're looking at the censorship. We're watching it all before our very eyes. It's not a time of appeasement to yield to them and surrender our inalienable rights in the hopes that they're going to somehow give us a, a little more porridge. Uh, no, we, we need to stand firm and, um, and stand against the tyranny. So, yeah. You know, uh, I got a confirmation. We are so excited to have Peggy Hall on a couple yeah. months ago and visit our church. So she's going to come back out. We're looking the 15th, the Tuesday night, do it like we did last December time. December 15th? Yeah, December 15th. But if you're a business owner, because I've had a couple business owners that are reaching out, she has an arsenal of lawyers and resources. So go to her website. So if you're a business owner that's trying to figure out how to navigate that, that is one place to go. So go to her. It's healthyamerican.org, I think. And, uh, or just do a search for Peggy Hall. We have a couple business owners that are reaching out. They're meeting with her. So yeah. there's a resource that you could use if you're trying to figure out how to stand up in the right way. And then one more thing, um, tomorrow, Sunday, uh, we've got uh, Dr. Simone Gold is going to be at our services. I'm not sure she's going to be at all three. She'll probably be at the 9 and 11 
or maybe the 11 and 1. Yeah. Uh, but she's, she's going to share for like three to five minutes at the beginning of each service. But she has agreed to stay at the end of the third service to field questions to anyone who wants to stay. So uh, these are, are and, and she's America's frontline doctors, and a mm-hmm. number of folks who were in need of hydroxychloroquine through their uh, website were able to secure it. I, I, I got confirmation from a congregant whose grandmother and the whole, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a wonderful website, uh, a wonderful doctor, a delightful human being, and she's going to be in church, and she's gonna be not only attending service, maybe 11 and one, uh, but she will remain after the one o'clock service, and we're going to avail it to anyone mm-hmm. who wants to come, and we'll we'll uh, take questions with her, and we're going to record it, and then we'll post it in the evening uh, for the live stream. Although Perfect. it won't be live, but we'll still yeah. post it. Yeah. So if you want to be a part of that audience, it's it's Sunday tomorrow. So come on out. So that's it. I'm going to bless you with um, number six, and uh, and then we'll see you tomorrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Mm. So we'll see you tomorrow, uh, 9, 11, and 1, right here at 320 Via Las Brisas uh, in Newberry Park. And you're all welcome to come. I have to tell you, the 9 and 11 are pretty full. The 1 o'clock service, hey, first-class seating. I mean, the sanctuary (laughs) is full. We're not into the overflow section. But if you, yeah, you can get lunch and then still come to one o'clock service. And it really, by that time, I've already gone through two rehearsals and I'm really tuned in. <laughs> no, but, but you're welcome at any of the services. And uh, so grateful for all of you who have supported us. Did we now hit 17,000 subscribers? Yeah, yeah, 17,000 17, subscribers. 17,200. Well, yeah, 17,200 subscribers. <laughs> and uh, make sure you hit that bell. Uh, make sure you like what we do. And tell folks about it because uh, regular media is going the way of the dinosaur. And this is how we're going to try to get pertinent information and news out to everybody. So um, this is the new journalism. And who would ever thought? Yep. But thank you for making it popular and let's let it grow. And God bless you all. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye.